Welcome to Getaway Car, the podcast hosted by two sisters discussing all the amazing places we've been lucky enough to travel. I'm Beanie. And I'm Katie. Join us each week as we break down each stop on the road trips we've taken. We'll tell you about all our favorite places, funny stories, mistakes we made, and everything that happens on one of our road trips. We'll make recommendations and ask for yours. Join us in the Getaway Car. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Getaway Car. We are super excited to have you back with us after our break. Yeah, this is season four. So as we hinted last time, season four is going to be a little bit different than our other seasons Mm -hmm. because we started at the airport. Yes. Basically, the idea for this trip is that we wanted to do an exclusively West Coast trip, but based on the amount of time that we had available to us, it would have taken probably half of the time to drive out to the West Coast and to drive back. Yeah. And we wanted more time there. Yeah, we only had so many days in a row we could take off, and we didn't want to spend all of them getting to the destination, so we elected to fly. Yeah. So, we sat in the Boston airport for a while. Yeah. Our I actually was forgot delayed. about that until we like looked back at our journal entries and stuff, but our flight was delayed, so we ended up hanging out there a little longer than we planned. Yeah. Fortunately, we were still able to make our connecting flight, but I think instead of, I think we had an hour and a half layover initially, we ended up with about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So we literally deplaned and like ran and scarfed down some subway and then ran to the other gate. Yeah. Have you ever seen Home Alone when they're all sprinting through the airport in chaos? That was, that's kind of what we looked like. Yeah. So, uh, you know, clutching our subway cookies. In our hands. <laughs> um, Everything is better with cookies, including running through the airport. Yes. Pro travel tip. <laughs> if you take anything away from this podcast, it's eat more cookies while traveling. <laughs> So we started our trip off on the right foot, cookies in hand, and we finally arrived in our first destination road trip stop, which was Las Vegas. Yes. And our first uh, task for arriving in Vegas was to rent a car because this is a road trip. Yes. So we had rented the car ahead of time. We had the contract and everything, and they were supposed to, because we were both AAA members, they were supposed to give us some kind of discount on having two drivers registered to the car, Yeah. which they did not give us. So we argued for a little bit, and then they ended up giving us an upgrade. So yeah. we called it a draw, even though that's probably just a tactic that they used to make you feel better about probably. things. However, we got our car. Um, so we went to the hotel, checked in, dropped off our stuff, and basically ditched the car there. Yeah. We wanted to go for a wander. Yeah. Hotels in Vegas. Uh, if you're trying to figure out where to stay, it's very overwhelming. Yes. Um, there's <laughs> literally nothing but hotels in Vegas. There's hundreds and hundreds of them. Yeah, it's hotels and casinos. That's that's the majority of Vegas. Yeah. So if you're planning a trip to Vegas and you're going just to go to Vegas, then I would say I do recommend staying in one of the main like famous hotels along the Strip that are like right in the heart of everything because they do tend to have really good deals. They really want to get you in the building because if they get you in the building, they're hoping that you will gamble and lose all of your money and they will make lots of money off of you. Yeah, They do lots of kind of promotional rates and stuff, but it is really nice having that kind of like central location and having access to everything around you because there's a lot of stuff to see and do in Vegas and a lot of it's free. Yeah. Once you get there, if you're not a big gambler, you can entertain yourselves in Vegas without gambling for an indefinite amount of time. Yeah, we didn't do any gambling. And there, I mean, Vegas is just, it's a party. There's a party everywhere all the time. Yeah. So we didn't stay in one of the main hotels only because we were only going to be there for a night and we were trying to keep our costs down. So we Mm -hmm. stayed a little bit further down the strip at a little teeny tiny hotel, but we went back to the strip, the main section to explore. So our first stop is the Bellagio. So, a little bit of history about the Bellagio. An imposing Italianate palazzo modeled after its storied namesake on Lake Como, Bellagio is a trailblazer that sits a step above the neon and shtick that is Las Vegas. 
which is not to say that every aspect at every turn is not grandiose and over the top. It's just tastefully over the top. <laughs> with some 3,000 guest rooms filling its 36 floors, it's one of the world's largest hotels with one of the largest casinos in town, along with the MGM Grand and the Riviera. And it's the most expensive ever built in Vegas so far, with a $1.6 billion price tag. The marble you see everywhere would do a Medici proud. Yeah. That kind of sums it up a yeah. little bit. It also has that famous fountain out front that does all these coordinated um, light shows light shows with water and music and all kinds of crazy stuff. And it reminded me of that scene at the end of Ocean's Eleven where yes. they're all standing there having just robbed the casino and they just kind of watch this fountain show outside the casino. And it really is like that. It's free. You can see it from pretty much anywhere in the surrounding area. So yeah. we sat there and watched the fountain show and we were like, oh, yes, I'm George Clooney near Brad Pitt and we've just robbed some casinos yes. and we're having a grand old time. <laughs> About to embark on our adventure. Yeah, I pretended we were we were the crew of Ocean's Eleven and we just pulled off this amazing heist, as you do. So that was item number one on our on our to-do list. And yes. I think that was a good one. Yeah. We also went into the Bellagio because you can just like wander into the hotels and the casinos and yeah. like take a look around. Everyone does that and it's very okay with everybody. I don't think I really realized that before we went to Vegas, how much of... I know you can technically just walk into any hotel anywhere and just walk into the lobby. It's fine. But it's part of the Vegas experience to do that. People do just walk into the lobby of these casinos and hotels and they just walk around and explore and take a bunch of pictures and yep. leave because they all have kind of a theme or you know a specific thing that draws crowds to them. And so yes, their lobbies are a tourist attraction. Right. It's very cool. They're attractions unto themselves yeah. because they're really hoping if they draw you in that A, you'll decide to stay there or B, you'll decide to gamble there. Yes, exactly. So they want things that will get people in off the streets. Yeah. So all of them, because they're casinos in Vegas, do this with a whopping excess of money. Yes. <laughs> so all of them have their own themes and they're all so beautifully done, so over the top, so... They're incredible. The scale of these things is incredible. Yeah, it's not just a line of generic hotels. They all have a thing that yeah. draws you to their lobby. Right. The Las Vegas Strip, we actually have another blurb from the Thousand Places. This was a twofer for us. Mm -hmm. The three and a half mile stretch of Las Vegas Boulevard known as the Strip is the world capital of glitter, festooned with pleasure palaces, quick hitch wedding chapels, and cheap all-you-can-eat prime rib buffets. And of course, it's alive with gambling, any time, any kind, and everywhere. So that gives you a little bit of a summary of the strip overall and then further on in the blurb it says among those holdouts you'll find the new breed of themed mega hotels such as the venetian paris mandalay bay and new york new york which continue vegas's bigger than life tradition appropriating world icons and pumping them up to exaggerated proportions <laughs> um so it's true like the venetian has gondoliers and canals outside and you can take yeah. a gondola ride through the grounds of the hotel and then you know paris has a half scale eiffel tower yeah. outside it's that, like, like the, ex the ultimate extreme end of appropriating a certain thing yeah and that's like their and whole blowing it out of proportion yeah, yeah absolutely and then like new york new york is like modeled after the new york city skyline and they have a roller coaster out front as yeah. like part of the hotel they're just it's so excessive and over the top and fun yes so literally that's all we did the first night there was we just wandered around to all of these things and took as many pictures as we could oh yeah i have so um, many pictures from inside the lobbies of all these different places they're incredible yeah so the bellagio the very first one we went to has a japanese garden inside mm -hmm. and they've got like all these beautiful blown glass sculptures on the ceilings and then the japanese garden has all of these really exquisitely created sculptures i guess you'd call them yeah they're, like, yeah they exactly. have a turtle whose shell is made out of plants and flowers and it's as big as a person and then they have like a butterfly that's again as big as a person 
where the wings are all made out of different colored flowers. Kind of like a combination garden, sculpture garden. And there's just all these incredible things in there. Yeah. The lobby has this really cool vaulted glass ceiling. And so if you look up, there's these huge monarch butterflies hanging from the ceiling, mm -hmm. floating around the garden. So it was, it's just really, really cool. And like, it's really beautifully maintained. And it's just the amount of money that must be spent on a daily basis to keep these hotels looking as beautiful oh, as they do. I don't even want to think about it. Mind boggling. <laughs> We only saw like a tiny little section of this trip and you could spend days there and not see everything. Oh yeah. There's just attractions everywhere you look, everywhere. And it's just so nice there. Like it never rains, it never gets cold. So even we're wandering around literally in the middle of the night and everything is still open. People are still like out and about and yep. like music's playing everywhere. And so that combined with the time change and the fact that we've been awake for almost 24 hours, we're like, I don't even know what time it is. Like, yeah. <laughs> what, what on earth is going on here? Yeah, if you've ever been in a casino anywhere in the world, you'll know that they they try not to have windows or natural light in there so that it feels like it's the middle of the day at all times. So it's well lit and whatever. So you kind of lose track of time, which is the whole point. All of Vegas kind of feels like that. Everything yeah. is so lit up and open and busy and there's people everywhere at all times that it's very easy to lose track of what time of day it is. Yeah. All of a sudden we were like, oh my God, it's like almost three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So we got McFlurries. As you do. As you do. I just wanted we, ice cream. I think. Yeah. Well, because it's, it's like 90 something degrees. You yeah. Ice cream. Beautiful out. And so, yeah, we got McFlurries in the middle of the night and we walked back to our, to our hotel mm -hmm. and we managed to crash and fall asleep even though the walls were paper thin. Yes. We I remember we worried about it when we went to bed because we were like, we can hear everything going on in this hotel. I don't know if we're going to be able to sleep. Yeah. Like literally somebody in the room next to us, we could hear them moving around their room, like as if they were in our room. Yeah. It was that loud and they weren't even being loud, but we did fall asleep. So yes, 20 something hours of being awake will do that to you. Yes, exactly. And then we woke up the next day and we still had like a half day to kill in Vegas, which was great. Yeah. I will so. say looking at the pictures of Vegas that we have from the first night especially, I recently started re-watching CSI, which of course takes place in Las Vegas. So all of these photos of especially the mini version of the Eiffel Tower and the Strip and all the lights, it looks like all those drone shots of Vegas that they use for CSI. Nice. So like looking back through these, I was like, oh, I feel like I just saw this and it's because I did. I just watched CSI. Yeah. That's, that's right where I was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like we have pictures of us in front of the wind, Las Vegas. Yeah. We have pictures from Miracle Mile, which is like an indoor shopping mall where it rains inside. Yes. Every hour on the hour. They have a planned rainstorm, I guess, because people who live in Vegas don't experience that otherwise. <laughs> oh, so yeah. like, I that's, that's a true. novelty. It's really trippy because you're wandering along this indoor mall and it's got this vaulted ceiling with clouds painted on it or projected on it. Yeah. And then like you'll be walking along and when it hits the hour, you hear thunder rumble. Yeah. And you see the lights start to and flicker. And you feel like and you're outside. You And they, they, I think they must drop the temperature because you can feel it get colder. Yes. And then all of a sudden it starts raining yeah. inside and you have to like run under an awning and everyone is laughing and it's this big party. It's so cool. It's very bizarre, but it's really cool. And it's also very disorienting to leave there because you feel like you're outside and then you leave and you're actually outside and it'll and be like the sunny. middle of the day and sunny. Yep. So And strange. you're like, what just happened? It's but very, very cool. disorienting. Yes. <laughs> so, but yeah, all of the, I think that's all of Vegas. It's disorienting, but fun. Yeah. Oh, so one of the most random things that I found really disorienting about Vegas, and I actually discovered this on a previous trip to Vegas, not on this road trip, but it was weird enough that I feel like I have to mention yeah, it. Yeah, I remember you pointed it out to me because you were like, oh, by the way, this weird thing. So every girl that's ever gone out in heels 
and has had to take their heels off by the end of the night and walk along the sidewalk in bare feet because their feet are just killing them yes. will understand this struggle. <laughs> so in New England, or in most of the country, as I would imagine, if you take your heels off and you're walking along the sidewalk, the sidewalk is very, like, gritty. Yeah, it's rough. Having done that in Vegas, we took our shoes off at the end of the night when we were walking back, and the sidewalks are smooth, glassy smooth. Yeah. And there's no grit to them at all. And so it was really, really weird to be walking along and being like, this feels bizarre on my feet. Yeah. And then come to find out, looked this up after the fact. So apparently the reason that the sidewalks everywhere else have grit in them, it's intentionally by design. So mm -hmm. when it rains or snows, that grit, you can still walk along them and still keep traction and not slip and fall <laughs> on your ass and crack your head open. Yeah. And then in Vegas, it never rains or snows. So they don't have to worry about that. Yeah, but that's one of those things about traveling. It's like you end up in, in different places and things you don't even think about. Like the fact that sidewalks are gravelly and gritty. Right. And you go somewhere new and you're like, why is that? Why are why are they gravelly and gritty? I've never thought to look that up until you were like, oh yeah, I just the sidewalks assumed, here are smooth. And I was I like, how is that? I just assumed that it was because it was like the most cost effective to have them that way. Yeah, I just thought but it was like, like they used whatever cheap materials or something, but they, they thought about it. They do it for a reason. Right, but I never realized given the level of detail that goes into planning something like that. These things are intentional, things you would never, ever think of. Exactly. So. Yeah, very anyway, interesting. my little fun fact about Vegas. It's probably a bit like Bourbon Street in New Orleans. You probably don't really want to yeah. walk around barefoot. Although I do have to say that I found Vegas both times that I've been there to be very clean. Much cleaner than I expected, yeah. yeah. Considering and the volume of people who go through there at any given moment of any day, it's pretty clean. Yeah, I, I think they've made a lot of efforts in the last decade or two to try and clean up their image, and yeah. it's working. Yeah. So that was our first night in Vegas. Yeah. The next day we woke up with... Number one goal in mind being to get beanies and Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Yes. So, always. priorities. Coffee, always. We did find one, which is exciting because yeah. not everywhere has Dunkin'. Yeah, we've certainly been in places in the United States where we look up Dunkin' on like a GPS and the closest one is hundreds of miles away, which is just heartbreaking. Yeah. But Vegas has one. So we went there, we got our breakfast, and we made strange Vegas discovery number two. There's no benches anywhere because we were going to like yeah. take our breakfast and go eat on a bench outside. They really nope. don't want you to sit and people watch. They really want you to keep walking around and keep spending money and keep going in hotels. Either that or they just don't want overly amorous drunk people trying to do each other on park benches. Fair. But yeah, no benches anywhere. So we sat on a curb yeah. and ate our breakfast. Very classy. Yeah, you know. And then we went to Fremont Street. Um, so Fremont Street is an older section of Vegas, and when I say older, I mean just relatively in Vegas timeline, in Vegas not yeah. older <laughs> in general. So Fremont Street Experience is this like section of Vegas that's been blocked off to traffic and it's pedestrian only. This whole section of the city has like a barrel vault canopy over it, and I guess at night they do like light shows and they project things up on the canopy and they do you know concerts and all kinds of stuff, mm -hmm. and. The buildings along each side are some of the hotels and casinos that are original to Vegas. Yeah. We went through one called the Golden Nugget, which I guess was the first casino that was built in Vegas that was intended right from the get-go to be a casino. Right. It wasn't converted from something else. Yeah. And it's still standing. It's still there. You can still go in and gamble. We walked through and did not gamble because <laughs> everyone in there was smoking. I didn't realize that was still a thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was very smoking. We were like, no, I'm, I'm good with yeah. that. Neither so of us are smokers, so cigarette smoke's not our... 
Not our jam. Yeah. But we walked up and down that whole little section. It was really cool to see like, an older part of Vegas. Yeah. I guess it used to be called, either used to be called or maybe still is called. I don't know. It's called Glitter Gulch because oh. of the... Oh, I hate that <laughs> so much. But it's because they had so many neon signs before the strip was really built and constructed. Like this was the I... iconic section of Vegas. Yeah. I think I just um, hate glitter and I detest the word gulch. It yeah. just sounds gulchy. Gulchy. <laughs> so... From there, we went to not one of the most famous attractions in Las Vegas, but, you know, one that appealed to our true crime obsession here. Yeah. And Beanie more so than me, but both of us have a vested interest. Not a vested interest. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the wrong way to I phrase I love that. the idea that we have a vested interest in this next stop, which is the, the Mob, Mob Museum. Museum. <laughs> um, let's just say we have a... An interest? <laughs> Unhealthy obsession? No, that's not it either. <laughs> yeah, um, it's like a guilty pleasure kind of thing. It's like there the whole, it's like the murderino thing. It's I am into true crime. Crime is terrible, but talking about it and learning about it is fascinating. We we'll go with to that. Go to the <laughs> We're going to openly state now, and for all listeners, we do not have a vested interest in the mob. No, no, we do not. So anyway, we went to the mob museum and explored. So the mob museum is three floors. They have all of these different exhibits. We actually thought it was going to be much more like gory and murdery and yeah, true I, crime. I thought it was going to be more like crime scene photos yeah. or like case files or... But yeah, it was it was a lot of photos. They have a lot of records from different transactions of things that were built by the mob or financed by the mob. Yeah. They've got a lot of documentation of like police investigations into the mob. Yeah, I guess it was um, more paperwork than I was expecting. expecting. Yeah. I don't know what I was expecting, but I, yeah. just more involved than it was, I guess, because it's yeah. more newspaper articles about the history of the mob and right. that kind so, of thing. It was still really cool, though. So they've got a bunch of stuff about prohibition and how that factored into mob activity in Vegas. They've got a couple displays about mob activities throughout the country and like how they were all interconnected and how the mobs from different areas were related or how they worked together or, you know, had agreements between between two different areas mm -hmm. and they do have some artifacts and like you know collections from different mobsters or different points in history bullets from crime scenes guns that certain mobsters owned and that kind of thing i think they have a revolver from al capone mm -hmm. that was cool to see but yeah they have like a whole display of different guns that mobsters used and different advertisements that featured mobsters like yeah. kind of comic book style things yeah. you know because they were very much like popular culture yeah icon at the time so they have a lot of pictures of mobsters that were big and very heavily involved in Vegas history and building of the casinos and the hotels and everything. Yeah. They've got a couple of really cool displays of old casino chips. They have a display that says, when old casino chips were taken out of station, they were dumped in Lake Mead, put in the foundation of a new casino for good luck, or cast in concrete so they could not be used again. Yeah. And they actually have these masses of concrete where you can see the old chips sticking out of them. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting that they go to that length to make sure that they're not used to, I mean, it makes right. sense, but Would I never really thought about like what happens to them after they get yeah. taken out. I just always kind of assumed they got melted down or something. Yeah, but I, I thought guess they would yeah, the melt them down and reuse them or something, but I hope they melt them down and reuse them nowadays. I hope they don't just dump them in a lake somewhere. No idea. But who knows? Not as many, like we said, things that you could actually like touch or hold in your hands or, you yeah. know, it was a lot of paper and photographs and yeah, I guess more of like the more academic side of tracking the mob, you know, versus actually stuff that they touched or owned or whatever. But it was still really cool and I enjoyed it. Yeah. So from there, we got french fries for lunch because 
you know. Because that's what we were craving, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And then that was Vegas. We had to add a stop that we've never had to do before, which was the grocery store. Yes. Um, we had to go and stock up because since we flew out to start our road trip, we didn't bring all of our normal supplies with us normally. We yeah. stock up beforehand and we have, you know, drinks for the car and snacks for the car and peanut butter and jelly and like mm -hmm. all of these things that we... The all important bagels. Yeah, always bagels. <laughs> and so normally we start off the trip with that already in our possession because we're trying to do this on a budget. Yeah. Groceries are cheaper than restaurants. Yeah. So we had to add a grocery store stop and we stocked up on all of our essentials mm -hmm. and then we hit the road. Yeah. That was, was Vegas. Highly a successful stop. I would go back. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Vegas is, there's just so much going on and there's so much to do that I feel like. When I went with fun. my friends, like we spent an entire week there and all we did was free attractions. I think we paid for like one show. Yeah. And we still didn't run out of things to do. Yeah, exactly. So it was great. Yeah. It was um, fun. So definitely a good vacation spot if you're looking for cheap, free entertainment. Yeah, and it was a cool place the, to the spot to be. Kick off our our road trip for sure. Yeah. Also, the flights there are pretty cheap. So yeah, mistakes were made. What do you think? I said maybe not enough time there, but a little bit goes a long way if you're not into gambling. Yeah, I mean, I guess like, it depends on what you're going there for. If you're if you're big into gambling, or if you really just want to like hang out and party and have a good time, I could see spending more time there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I couldn't really think of anything that went wrong. Yeah. Maybe the layover, if our flight had gotten delayed any longer <laughs> yeah, than it had. Yeah, that's not a Vegas problem. That's an right. airport problem. Yeah. So yeah. I guess, I guess that's one thing. Yeah. If you're making travel arrangements and you do have connecting flights, try and give yourselves a buffer in between, even though it's a pain waiting around at the airport for your second flight. At least if your first flight gets delayed, you don't have to rearrange all of your plans. Yeah, exactly. And so we'll be back next week to tell you all about our second stop. Yeah, we've got a lot of cool stops on this trip. I'm looking forward to this one a lot. We also have a guest host coming on later in the season. Yeah. We'll keep you posted on that. We're not going to reveal who it is yet, but you should stay tuned because it's going to be a really exciting season. Exactly. So until next time, enjoy your ride in the getaway car. Bye.